We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Rotowire College Football Podcast. I'm James Anderson. Joined, of course, by Mario Puig and John McKechnie. Uh, you know, we're, we're actually going to give you guys, give the people what they want this week. Uh, no no sponsors, so we're going to kind of leave it uh, a mystery as to how shaven or, or unshaven we, we might be uh, at the moment. But uh, I, I didn't get involved in any of the, the late action last week, but I, I got a a text from John in the, the late hours, <laughs> basically throws of celebration, basically John celebrating the fact that he was wise enough to deploy one JT Barrett. Uh, oh, that's t- right. tell us about that, John. Well, I, you know, from the week before when, when urban Meyer said that he was going to use JT as his red zone quarterback, you know, that got me excited about using him against Penn state. And then he literally said, a, T- a Tim Tebow comparison, and I was like, okay, JT Barrett's going to go off tonight. And once Cardale started doing terribly, it was all JT, and now he's a starter. So, you know, 
That it's going to be good. That is what happened. Uh, Mario, did you get in on any of that as well? Or No, I was too scared. I can't remember <laughs> what I did, but um, late late Saturday <laughs> turned out okay. I think I went with Seifo Luafau, which, sure. which worked pretty good. But, um, yeah, him and, him and Shea Fields saved my uh, bacon. But I, I, I would have I would have wished I had the uh, the insight and foresight that John here did, and he he did call it out bef- well before the game. He gave fair warning in, around uh, this block, so yeah. uh, I guess I guess I'll listen to you starting now. John. Occasionally, it's okay. Yeah, I might do it now. <laughs> we might start listening to John this week. Uh, <laughs> the The first slate for FanDuel users is the Thursday Friday slate. Uh, that is, uh, you know, going to start us off here with the Memphis at Tulsa game. Pretty, pretty exciting, uh, you know, collection of skill players in this game. Memphis, ten and a half point favorites on the road, over under of seventy seven and a half. Uh, Paxton Lynch, kind of the the obvious uh, top QB on this Thursday Friday slate. How confident are you in him that you're going to pay up ninety three hundred? Well, it's a matchup against Tulsa, and Tulsa's defense is not very good. Uh, last week against East Carolina was kind of like the most functional they've looked anytime I've watched them, and they still gave up, you know, 30 points. So it's it's a good matchup for Lynch. You do worry about his team as a whole, uh, kind of, you know, having the the emotional exhaustion mm-hmm. let down on the road, but I don't think that'll apply to Lynch uh, much or at all. Uh, when the when the alternatives the best alternatives are pretty much you know um, Jared Goff Josh Rosen Taylor Lamb Goff's gonna go against a UCLA team that's been pretty good against the pass uh, despite it getting absolutely obliterated on the, on the against the run Rosen's got to go against a California defense that's been just ruthless pass rushing tons of sacks on that defense you worry about that a little bit and then like the next one Taylor Lamb. That's a team between Appalachian State at home against Georgia Southern. Both of those teams are really low-tempo, run-heavy teams. You worry about the clock just getting away from everybody in that game, and it's not, a, it's not an easy defense to play against either. So I really have – I don't need to think twice about paying up for Lynch. Here's another question regarding that game. Does Dane Evans suck? Yes. <laughs> well, he's a – he looks like he'd be a better surfer or something. Yeah. But 7,900 for Dan Evans, I don't – To be that, fair, yeah. it was it was his worst game of the year by far. He generally has been pretty good, at least by numbers. Uh, he's never been a particularly, you know, promising prospect of a mm-hmm. quarterback. It's more you just were kind of banking on his experience at, at Tulsa, you know, three-year starter going into this third year this year, I should say. Uh, it's got you know the system, the high the high tempo on offense, throwing the ball. He's got he had amazing receivers, and even without Kevin Lucas, he still has two really good ones to, with uh, Josh Atkinson, Kiaris Garrett. He missed Kiaris Garrett so many times in the, in that game against East Carolina. Garrett was just burning them deep, single coverage, not even really trying that hard, and Evans just just sends it flying out of bounds or just nowhere near him in particular. You would think Evans can't really be that bad two games in a row, so I, I won't I won't write him off as like a GPP consideration. Still going with uh, Paxton Lynch more so, just because mm. uh, yeah, you do worry about uh, Evans's lack of raw skill showing yeah. up on the field. Now, like just from watching the game and and kind of watching Tulsa all season, and then looking at the prices here on Fanduel, Josh Atkinson. Does seem to, I mean, he, I don't know if you would say that he's a better receiver than, than Kyrus Garrett, but, you know, I haven't really 
I mean, he every time he gets the ball, it seems like stuff kind of happens. Uh, he's kind of a, a nice big target. Are you giving him the edge over Garrett going forward uh, with with Kevin Lucas out, or are you? I mean, the price difference there they're they're six hundred dollars apart Garrett being the cheaper option would you just go with the cheaper option every time there I would take Garrett outright regardless of being 600 cheaper Atkinson has been more efficient on a per target basis but that's largely because of the kind of routes that they run I mean I've seen Garrett get Garrett's been much more targeted first of all like much much more he's he has to be like one of the 10 most targeted receivers in the country so to be at sub 7,000 at home in a game with an over-under like that I think Garrett's the obvious must play on this slate even more so than Lynch but um the, yeah, the thing is, Atkinson, totally worth owning at 7,100. I would make an effort to get them both in, actually, just because mm-hmm. they both get so many targets. Um, but yeah, some of those deep throws that Evans was just missing to Garrett, and Garrett's been open a lot. I think he's an NFL player. I think Atkinson looks really good, too. But um, eventually, some of those are going to be catches for touchdowns instead of you know just like lame-looking punts that just say a lot of bounds on them. You, what do you think, Janet? Are you on the same page there? Uh, definitely. I definitely uh, am going for Garrett in all my lineups this week. Uh, Mario was right. He is the second most targeted receiver in the country right now, even more than Josh Doxson. Wow. So. Uh, yeah, so that, that definitely seems like a price to take advantage of. Uh, the next game on this slate, Cal at UCLA. UCLA, three-point favorites at home over under here of 68. Uh you know that's pretty high over under for for two you know decent teams like how how do you see this one playing out well it's a game to target generally on this slate i think at least more so than georgia southern appalachian state or temple east carolina just because both california and ucla have been pretty up tempo this year and cal's defense somehow is the better one it looks like at this point in time uh they're they're Better against the run than UCLA, but probably not better against the pass, and yet they have a really good pass rush. So you do worry about you know both quarterbacks in this one disappointing one way or another. I mean, Goff's a little expensive for me. Rosen's a little expensive for me, especially with Lynch just 700 and 800 away from them, respectively. So I'm not going to go with either one on FanDuel, but yeah. it's, it's the receivers, the running games, especially in that game, should do well. I mean, Paul Perkins... Should do really well against a California run defense that has pretty good numbers, but they're kind of they're kind of fake just because they've had the sack yardage subtraction in play there. Run defense is still exploitable at home. You have to like Paul Perkins, I think. So it's 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 something to target more than you know the run heavy game of Appalachian State, Georgia Southern, which might not be. I could be wrong, first of all, but it's it might if I'm not wrong. It's not necessarily obvious because Georgia Southern and Appalachian State are both really explosive on a per-play basis. You just, again, worry about the clock running out, whereas UCLA-Cal is a, an all-too-easy-to-envision scenario of just Pac-12, you know, both quarterbacks going to 40, 45 pass attempts, 30 points on each team or more. So it's a game that should have fantasy production. I think the, the running game is a lot easier to predict than the receiving game just because both teams tend to rotate the receivers quite a bit but Kenny Lawler's the lead guy at California by a big margin and then UCLA Jordan Payton and Thomas Duarte are, are the two lead receivers there okay so yeah maybe maybe stay away from the quarterbacks in that one but there's there are definitely some points to be had uh Georgia Southern at Appalachian State uh Appalachian State six and a half point favorites over under 62 uh Matt Breida has been extremely productive on a per carry basis 
but are you willing to pay up 8900 given the kind of shared workload in that backfield right now? Uh, I don't think that I am. Uh, initially, I definitely like Georgia Southern in this game, but the more I looked into it, Appalachian State is playing like amazing defense against the run this year, and given that that's pretty much how Georgia Southern operates on offense, I, I'm kind of afraid of using any uh, Georgia Southern options there. I, I do think Breda might be worth owning in a GPP scenario just because if he does somehow get to like 25 carries, if his averages at all, you know, hold up, if he could, if he, he's averaging, first of all, more than 10 yards a carry. So <laughs> no, uh, if he drops to seven and a half, you know, He'll really slacks off and only gets seven and a half yards per carry, but still goes over the 20 mark, which if it does ever occur this year, you would think this would be a, a top uh, scenario for that to occur just because they never, they, they're used to blowing people out and not needing him for more than like 10 or 11 carries mm-hmm. in a game. Appalachian State probably won't be put away that easily, so he might get more run than usual. I, I do like him more either way than 9,400 for Jihad Thomas, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd rather drop to like a Paul Perkins at 8,100. Jarvis Cooper at 6,200 really catches my eye. He seems to kind of emerge as the lead running back for Memphis. They'll still rotate him out, but 6,200 for a guy who's kind of like the, the short yardage runner on a team projected to score like whatever, 45 points. He's 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 also a better alternative, I think, at least for maybe like cash game considerations. All right. Uh, the last two games on the slate, Temple at Eastern Carolina. Eastern Carolina, two and a half point favorites there, over under 51. And then Utah State, five point favorites on the road at San Diego State, over under a 44. Anything you guys see in either of those two games that, that's worth kind of taking a look at? Well... What, let's see. So East Carolina is favored in this one, which is kind of surprising to me just because Temple's been so good this year. They've beaten some really good teams, and their defense is pretty convincing. The The only time it really showed any cracks was, I think, against the pass, both times on the road and against Cincinnati and Massachusetts. So both of those teams, especially Cincinnati, are good at throwing the ball. They've been tested, and they still have great numbers. I'm not sure that East Carolina is in sync enough and kind of coherent enough philosophically to really just be super reliable in a game like this. They didn't look particularly smooth against a bad Tulsa defense last week. They really sputtered a lot. Actually, they don't really know what they're doing with their quarterbacks, Blake Kemp, the passing specialist and James Summers, the really good runner who sometimes throws also, but it's, it's a tough defense for either one to go against. You worry about they haven't shown much rhythm to begin with. So going against a team like that, if, if the rhythm sputters, Either quarterback could get pulled for the other multiple times. Don't know what that means for the for the passing game for East Carolina. But if it does thrive, Isaiah Jones and Trevon Brown are the predictable uh, beneficiaries of that. Trevon Brown is quietly, uh, as a true sophomore right now, he's quietly scored basically like eight touchdowns in his first 12 career games at East Carolina. So he had like a 50-yarder actually called back last week because somebody lined up wrong in the East Carolina offense that, and I was extremely mad because I owned him <laughs> everywhere. Uh, that was awesome. But anyway, if he, he's probably pretty under the radar, both of those guys might be under the radar with the combination of tough defense they're going against. And, uh, you know, just kind of a dud week that they're, that they're, that they had preceding this. I'm trying to find Trevon in here. He's, yeah, he's 4,700. Okay. That's really cheap. Um, at least for like a GPP consideration, because if you, if you believe like the money, the, you know, the line on it, that East Carolina has some sort of advantage in this, then somebody has to benefit in the East Carolina offense. 
it's pretty re- it's pretty reliably between those two trevon brown isaiah jones maybe the running back chris harrison but i don't think he's very good so i'm not personally targeting him otherwise bryce williams is another he's kind of like the third receiver in that offense he's basically a tight end listed at a uh, receiver down at 4500 on FanDuel, so he's, he's a pretty nice target i think because he's he, he gets he gets reliable looks in that passing game and he's kind of due for a touchdown he hasn't had one in like 20 catches yeah you were you were not alone in getting a little let down by by trevon brown last week uh let's move to the the early saturday slate uh we'll start as we always do with the the baylor game uh <laughs> iowa state at baylor baylor 37 point favorites at home over under 79 and a half uh, obviously you got seth russell the top quarterback price wise on the board uh cory coleman the top uh wide receiver on the board 9600 9, uh you know the 37-point favorites you can't really ignore a line like that. I mean, I, I think last week might have been... It, it was one of those weeks where if you didn't have Russell and Coleman like together in a lineup, you had a really hard time cashing, especially in tournaments. Yeah, so I, I, that happened to me. So <laughs> I think I think that there's going to be a kind of consensus sort of among the, the non-sharp players to just be like, well, I have to combine those two this week. Otherwise, I'm just not going to cash again. Is that going to be the case? Like, I mean, are you worried about that that line being so huge that it's tough to really extract the right amount of points you need to if you're going to pay up for like the two most expensive guys on the board? Well, I think Seth Russell is kind of reaching like, do you remember when Russell Westbrook in March of last year was averaging a (laughs) triple-double per game? And like, you know, his price was astronomically high on, on the NBA daily games, but you still kind of had to roll with them anyway. I think that Seth Russell is almost like the college football equivalent right right now, and uh, I think you have to have him at least somewhere. And, and yeah. if you're if you're entering some lineups, multiple lineups, you got to have him at least one place. And it's it's definitely one of those. We talk about this all the time. We're like, yeah, the line's huge, but if Seth Russell comes out of that game, that means he's already thrown for probably five touchdowns. So. Exactly. And he's also getting a nice chunk of the the rushing production shares yeah. in that offense too. So he's on pace for like a billion touchdowns and something like 12 of those are projected to be on, on the ground. So I, I agree with John totally, especially because the next viable alternatives are not that much cheaper. I mean, Baker Mayfield is a very tempting alternative as much hate as we might have for him after he's been uh, knifing our, our purses the past couple <laughs> weeks. But 9,400, that's probably like the only guy that I'd consider him, him and uh, Marquise Williams at 9,300 are the only people I'd consider in, in the nearby price range as an alternative to Russell. But Guys like, you know, Falk, Luke Falk at 9,500, even Greg Ward at 10,600. I'd rather just pay up for Russell than go after guys like that. So I agree with John, like at the the very least, like if you're, if you have tournament ambitions this week, it's hard to imagine you'll have that great of odds of placing high without Russell, at least some exposure to him. So yeah. Now there's not a, you know, there's, there's guys that are close to Russell in price. There's nobody that's close to Coleman in price. Right. He's harder to fit in. (laughs) So, I mean, not really a a daily question, but are we like, I'm of the opinion and it, we've talked about this in office, like it might not happen just because he's a wide receiver. But I, I mean, I think Coleman is having the better year than Russell, even though they're both putting up video game numbers. Would you guys agree with that? I do. And I mean, you, you heard Dana Holgerson say last week afterward that Corey Coleman's the best player in college football, Yeah, you know, after just getting absolutely dominated by him. It's, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, Russell, Russell's got amazing numbers, but they're still not like what Corey Coleman's doing right now is kind of making Michael Crabtree and stuff like that yeah. look like it's unpre- it's I mean, good, like, but it's not, not Corey Coleman. It. We might right? not see this kind of performance from a wide receiver again. I hope he gets soon. 50 touchdowns. Yeah, it's it's I'm, really I'm insane. For him, and absolutely. like. I feel like he's not getting the amount of. Um, I mean, unless you're playing in a college football, you know, fantasy or, you know, watching a ton of Big Twelve games, you just might not know how crazy his year I is. I need the dot gifs. Yeah, give me, uh, give me those. Yeah, get, uh, get some internet presence with him. Now, I think you know. Last week we were kind of bemoaning the the way that Jay Lee had been treating us of late. He kind of stepped it up a little bit. If you were willing to go back to that, well. Are you gonna go down to those guys like Jay Lee or Katie Cannon if you can't find a way to squeeze Coleman in? Jay Lee did really good last week. I still f- I feel like Cannon is the one who's due out of the two of them though, and he's three hundred less. So okay. I'll probably get a lot more Cannon at sixty two hundred versus sixty five hundred for Lee because Lee still hasn't shown. It's been like three weeks since he's shown reliable target volume or three he's- games rather something like four weeks. Maybe he he still only caught three passes and he's still got like what seven in his last three games or something. So I feel like Cannon's the one who's due, and I don't think re- Lee is as reliable as his point per game average might imply. Lee's just one of those guys where like if you watch him and he does get one of those touchdowns, it's usually like a really impressive like fifty-five yard catch. And he, he doesn't really run slants apparently. They just seem just yeah they just see him, They just have the eighty yarder yeah. plan on it, him. Yeah, I mean he's he's definitely an impressive looking guy. But uh, your point about the targets is is definitely well taken. Uh, let's move on to the or did Be- you, before we move sure. on, I want to get to the elephant in the room. Elephant being the operative word here. Laquan McGowan, uh, Baylor's tight end, is is uh, in the player pool at twenty two hundred. What do you guys think about him? Well, I, I don't have opinions on tight end, so <laughs> but he's Mario. but he's four hundred pounds. He's so <laughs> awesome. We apparently his ceiling is one reception for eighteen yards and a touchdown. But at twenty two hundred, yeah, I mean that's 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 worth some tournament exposure, I guess. But yeah, it'd be it'd be nice if they started getting him some carries or you know some some other borderline degrading novelty role that they already have. <laughs> yeah. they all, they, like when they throw him the ball, it's like, they're just saying like, look at how these guys on the other team can't stop our fattest guy. They can't stop our fattest guy. Like that seems to be what it is rather than any kind of like tactical consideration. Oh, there, there's an incredible picture of a, of a Kansas safety from the back of the end zone. The picture's taken and McGowan is just bearing down on him. It's, it's incredible. He looks so terrified. I, I'd like to know how they, you know, what the process was for them getting a uniform to to fit him that that really has to be kind of unprecedented in college football uh the the sizes that it must have taken to to get him covered up all right uh <laughs> Texas Tech at Oklahoma Oklahoma 14 and a half points uh favored by 14 and a half points over under there is 74 and a half uh you know we we joke about Baker Mayfield I mean he I rolled with him two weeks ago. Obviously, he didn't do much. And then, you know, as predicted, with, with none of us really being that involved with him last week, he, he had a really nice day. Uh, luckily, got some Sterling Shepard action going last week because that price was just way too low. But uh, overall, didn't quite get the, the payoff I would like from that Oklahoma offense. Big favorites. Nice matchup. Are you going to the Sooners this week? I probably will. Like like I was saying before, Mayfield's probably the most interesting 
right below Seth Russell mm-hmm. tier quarterback. And he's he's gives you some decent cap relief from Russell, despite possessing similar or even, you know, just about equal upside because Pat Mahomes struggled last week against Kansas, which is kind of terrifying. But I don't know. He, he was really convincing before that and against yeah. a couple tough teams, too. And I, I think he has to bounce back with that said. Oklahoma defense has been pretty tough aside from when they let Dane Evans just, you know, disembowel them. I, I, none of this makes any sense, but <laughs> really nothing, uh, nothing that this happens with circle this of just right. insanity trying to trace these yeah. matchups. But uh, anyway, Mayfield, I'm pretty confident will have a really big game. He's a dual threat guy, too. So he has the GPP upside as well as the cash game reliability. Uh, Mahomes at 9,300, I probably won't target, but some of Mayfield's guys, I mean, we, we all love Sterling Shepard. I think 7,400 is totally fair for him. And even D.D. Westbrook at 5,900, I think you have to like quite a bit. Any uh, any oh. of the uh, skill guys on Texas Tech? Sorry, but uh, before we leave the Sooners, it seemed, I don't know, did you guys see was Perrine injured last week or something? Because Joe Mixon got more work than him. I wasn't watching that game. Do you think game. they were just trying to, you know, keep keep uh, Perrine fresh because I mean they were they won 55 to nothing, I think. I mean Yeah, it's hard it's hard to tell just because I mean we've seen not only Mixon but this guy whose name I still don't even know. What was his name? But anyway, they've been rotating Perrine out like and they've had this guy uh is it Daniel Brooks? Is that who it is? Yeah, it must be Daniel Brooks. Anyway, they've they've shown a kind of a kind of disturbing willingness to just yank Perrine out of there he's only he's not even averaging over 15 and a half carries per game after you know showing really conclusive workhorse skill set last year but uh in any case that game he finished with 11 carries for 56 yards whereas Mixon who is averaging more per carry than uh, Perrine this year had 15 carries for 73 yards Mixon's pretty reliably involved in the passing game I think at 5900 in any case he's at least worth a consideration because if if Mahomes plays like he did a week ago, uh, Mixon will have probably a great chance to get some second half work against a team that can't really defend an offense like that. Now, Texas Tech still expected, according to Vegas here, to, to put up 30 points or so in this game. Are, are any of their like sort of cheaper, you know, Devin Lauderdale, Reginald Davis, those types of guys at, at 5,400, 5,300, or maybe even Jakeem Grant at 69? Do any of those guys stand out, or are you kind of staying away from the Red Raiders? I probably will stay away. It's, I mean, especially with Westbrook on the much higher projected mm-hmm. scoring team at 5,900. I don't think there's a reason to, you know, risk yourself with Devin Lauderdale, who's pretty hit or miss. Now, big, big over under here. I don't know um, really where to go investment wise. Uh, West uh, Washington State at Arizona. Arizona, seven and a half point favorites over under 72 in this one. Uh, before we get to the prices, is there a update on Nick Wilson's status for the Wildcats? I still haven't seen anything concrete on him. Uh, but you know, last week he suited up, and it looked like he was going to play until he didn't play. Uh, and so Jared Baker got the carried the load last week, and he had a big game as a result. Um, I think he's definitely wor- worth your consideration if Wilson's out again. And then not only the running back. Uh, question but I mean aren't don't they kind of have sort of a back and forth at, at quarterback as well I don't I haven't been able to watch Arizona much but yeah they've been getting Gerard Randall involved as like a running specialist which is enough to scare me away from a new Solomon who I haven't been targeting at all this year anyway and I don't really know why exactly he's 
totally mm-hmm. decent in the offense, reliably scores, obviously, but uh, he just doesn't do quite enough. Uh, and yeah, he's, if he's not running the ball to give himself a little more upside, then I don't see any reason to approach him. So for a game with an over under of 72, like where do you even go? Like, is it, is it just, uh, you know, maybe you grab a, a Washington State wide receiver. Like, what, where do you go here for for an option? I mean, there's going to be points scored. Obviously, I think Gabe Marks is always worth it under 7,500 or so, and he's at 7,100. And yeah, but Baker at 7,000 is that's a high enough price to scare me away from like you know the the backup production theory. There, I'm not sure he's even worth it that price. He had a huge game last week, but the week before that, it was Orlando Bradford. Yeah, he had three touchdowns, I believe, in that game. So, yeah, it's it's really hard to predict the usage in the Arizona offense. They could be worthwhile GPP targets, therefore, and really this would be a, a an ideal week for them to provide that sort of return going against a shootout-prone and not particularly stingy Washington State team. So I'm not going to bother with that. I'd rather go for Marks, who I think is a high-floor, high-ceiling guy, rather than deal with some of those you know pretty low-floor, only moderate-ceiling types on the Arizona side. All right, uh, we got a Big Ten game. What that doesn't usually happen this early Ugh. in the, the rundown here, but uh, <laughs> Indiana at Michigan State. Michigan State sixteen and a half point favorites. Over under sixty three and a half. Uh, probably the ultimate letdown game here for for Sparty, but they're they're still predicted uh, projected to win by a couple of touchdowns. Uh, do we have anything we got to hit here? I mean, are there, do you like? Burbridge at 6,800. Jordan Howard, I mean, do we have a status up to him? Burbridge got 19 targets last week. I think that's kind of hard to ignore. Uh, Where is he priced? 68. Worth it. Yeah, I'd say that's definitely worth it because, you know, last week he was working against Jordan Lewis, who's one of the best corners in all of college, and he still had a big game, and Indiana has nothing close to that. Um, Indiana got torched through the air by Chris Laviano. So I... I would definitely like Burbridge here. We haven't. I haven't seen anything about Jordan Howard. It's hard to tell at all what's going on with him. He, we know he's in good enough health to dress up in a football uniform and, and not stand play. around. But other than that, it's Kev, Kevin Wilson is not being particularly cooperative with that one. Do yeah. you do you look at either Cook or Sudfeld, both right around seven grand as as a as a quarterback two option maybe or. I would like I would like Sudfeld uh, here because I think they're going to be throwing it a lot, especially if Howard sits out. Um, but at the same time, like Mario was saying earlier, I'm going to roll with with uh, Seth Russell or Baker Mayfield in pretty much all my lineups. Okay, uh, Kansas at Oklahoma State. Uh, the 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 Cowboys here, 33 and a half point favorites, and the over under 62. So they're projected to really kind of uh have their way in this one that said i haven't watched much ok state this year where would you go if you if you're going to try to pick on the jayhawks the the poor lowly jayhawks on the road where would you go here if you're going to go to to a guy from ok state i mean i feel like they have pretty vanilla options they have talented guys but uh, it's I feel like the targets are relatively well spread around. Uh, nobody has more than three touchdowns receiving. Uh, so that's something I'm I'm kind of not so sure about. Yeah, it's it's another case where it's kind of like Arizona, where they're, they're going to score yeah. points. Kansas isn't going to stop them. But aside from Mason Rudolph, who he himself gets touchdowns vultured on the ground by J.W. Walsh, mm-hmm. other than him, it's really, really hard to project, project the uh, usage because – 
David Glidden's the lead receiver production wise so far. Everyone thought everyone thought Brandon Shepard would be that guy after he kind of ended last year that way. He's been buried behind two other people besides Glidden, Marcel Adaman and uh, James Washington. So Shepard will probably catch up to that pack eventually, but it's hard to predict which of those four. I mean, when you're talking four equal candidates for something, it's kind of a bummer, especially when even even the game script isn't really in their favor. Like if 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 OK State's up you know, 35 in the third quarter, those got those four guys are still going to go to the bench. So the deep backups can play. So it's, it's just not an obvious ceiling making it worth the risk for those guys. I don't think, but if anyone, maybe Mason Rudolph, otherwise the running backs, Chris Carson and Rennie Childs are both really cheap. They've both been bad this year and splitting carries, but Kansas can definitely make people look better than they might otherwise be. So maybe Chris Carson or Rennie Childs for GPP consideration, but I'm not putting cash game anything on that game. All right. Uh, Virginia at North Carolina. Tar Heels, 17.5 point favorites here, over under a 61. I heard you say earlier in the show, Mario, that Marquise Williams might be an option for you at 9,300. Would you really put yourself at the mercy of Larry Fedora in this one? I've already changed my mind violently. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, Marquise Williams is worth some GPP exposure for cash games. I'd rather just go up the 100 or whatever it is for Mayfield. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Larry Fedora is just so lame. And it's, I don't even, I've, it, it's unbelievable that Elijah Hood got eight carries last week. Like this guy has such a phobia of easy first downs and easy touchdowns. <laughs> it doesn't. It makes no sense yeah. whatsoever. And it's so lame how he's so quick to throw his players under the bus when it's like, ah, I can't believe we lost when I called six carries for the guy averaging ten yards a carry out of you know a thirty play uh, sample. I don't know why that didn't work, but it's their fault probably, not mine. Like that guy is just lame. But anyway, Marquise Williams is not lame. He's he's doing a little better now. He's obviously more confident than he was at the start of the year when he was very glitchy as a passer, but uh he's he's got huge upside as a runner and against a team like this, Virginia's defense has been one of the very very worst in the country they let brett rippon just destroy them in his first start as a true freshman uh who who was the other uh, i mean josh rosen obviously torched them in week one Uh, i think deshaun kaiser you know was able to just come in in relief and win yeah and and zaire was destroying them before that so yeah williams has the skill set advantage for sure he has all he has the supporting cast to uh you know tear up that defense speaking of the supporting cast i wouldn't bother with anybody but hood myself but there is you know gpp appeal if one of ryan switzer at 5100 keenshawn davis at 5000 uh bug howard wherever he is and and 5100 is cheap for switzer to be clear so that i i would not you know argue against picking him but hood at 6000 i as much as i have very low expectations for larry fedora i don't think he can be so inept as to uh keep hood below the 15 carry mark two games in a row yeah so if you have some self-mutilating tendencies then you might uh want to invest in this game uh, the tar heels specifically uh the next game houston 21 and a half point favorites at ucf over under 57 kind of a bummer that uh they have uh greg ward priced so high at, at uh, ten thousand six hundred. Uh, you know, kind of like we talked about earlier in the show, not no real reason to pay that price tag with Seth Russell sitting up there. 
in that same neighborhood. I know on other sites, uh, Greg Ward is a bit a bit more reasonable. I, I mean, I got to imagine you guys expect that he'll have a, a typical quality day. Yeah, he'll, he'll have no problem uh, just doing whatever he feels like to Central Florida. But, you know, like we like we said, at tw- at 10,600, that's just too much. And I think DeMarcus airs at 7,700 with with how big this slate is and how mm-hmm. how the other receivers are priced. It, it is unfortunate, but I'm just not really feeling uh, using Houston this week. I do like Farrow at 6,700, but I agree with John. I don't think Ward or Ayers are worth it only other player i'd consider maybe on the houston side is chance allen who finally had a good game last week fantasy wise despite having you know some pretty decent real life performances he's good been good on a per target basis and he's their second most targeted behind airs who has a you know huge huge lead but uh allen's only 5200 so if you really believe houston's going to go off maybe that's how you can get some some of the action there but yeah, other than otherwise just Pharaoh for me. I mean, 6,700 is really cheap for a guy who is in an offense that is as run-based as Houston's is mm. and projected to score as much as them. And, and eventually, some of these wide-open corner-turning runs that Ward is getting are not going to be there because defenses are going to worry more about contain than the inside, and that's when Pharaoh goes loose. Yeah, I mean, you would, you would imagine that at, at some point the defenses would be able to stop Greg Ward. Uh the next game, Clemson, seven-point favorites on the road against Miami, over under 56. I know we're, we're not going to really be deploying Deshaun Watson this week, most likely, but is there have you, have you seen him recently? Has he been uh, – do you know if he's been looking better than he was in, in the early going? Well, I haven't watched much, but the numbers are so much better. I mean, John, did you happen to catch any of that recent stuff? I, I didn't. I know that Boston College does have a good defense, so it is encouraging that he was able to you know shred them for his best fantasy performance of the season. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, we're looking at 9,400, same as Baker Mayfield. Right. Too expensive. Yep, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, what was his price last week? Because I feel like it must have jumped considerably. I feel like he's been really high all year, yeah. but I thought it was something like eight mid eight thousands last okay. week. I don't know, maybe low eight thousands. Just guessing that. Yeah, I don't like he. He's kind of in that same boat as uh, Marquise Williams, where there wasn't really that one week to really jump on a huge uh, profit potential there, because I don't think the price ever really got low enough. But uh, I guess can we move on from that one? Yeah, I, okay. I guess if you're looking for a really, really deep like prospect to actually at, at least keep an eye on Clemson, uh, that that void with the Mike Williams injury looks like it might start to get filled by Deion Kane, their really hyped true freshman receiver. He's got two games in a row with 90 plus yards. No one was stepping up there besides Artavis Scott, so he's probably someone to at least you know keep an eye on. All right, uh, Tennessee at Bama. Anything to see here? I mean, Derrick Henry was was in a pretty obvious play last week. Uh, you know, bit more expensive this week at eighty five hundred. A uh, little bit worse matchup. Am I reading that right? Uh, yeah, I think Derrick Henry will 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 do fine this week. Eighty five hundred, though. I think. Well, actually, he'll you, he's still going to crush could, Tennessee. Yeah, you could, you could build a lineup around. Well. Yeah. You could build a lineup around Henry. I, that I, is, yeah, I wouldn't pricey, be worried about using him. Um, uh, Jalen Hurd, uh, I would be. I would stay away from this week. Obviously, going against the Bama run defense. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just need to state the obvious there. Stay away from Jalen Hurd. Yeah, so I, I agree. Henry's the only person worth targeting at like running back in this game. But uh, at receiver, 
Um, let's see, what's his name? Calvin Ridley, 5,700 for him is really cheap. I mean, I, I mean, I know Jake Coker is not very good. Whoever they play at quarterback is not going to be very good. But Ridley's got the Lane Kiffin uh, target funnel going on. Like, they tried to do it with Ardarius Stewart. He wasn't catching the ball, so he, w- he wasn't making plays. So they switched it to Ridley, the five-star true freshman. He's been getting the funnel now. He, he's not going to be Amari Cooper, but he's going to be good. And the Tennessee defense is not particularly adept in, in any regard and they obviously have been burned in the, against the past this year most notably against bowling green but yeah i like ridley at 5700 a lot cash and tournament both the lane kiffin target funnel uh That's the thing the you know we're gonna get to the late slate here we don't usually break down the late slate but we're gonna get to that in a second here but yeah derrick henry uh quite easily the the priciest running back on the board for this early slate and pr- probably for good reason there uh the next game uh gosh Gross. Got a lot, little run of uh, Big Ten games here. This, this game is a. Oh, or we're, we're skipping. <laughs> we're uh, we're going to do yeah. Northwestern, Nebraska really quick. Uh, Northwestern what? at Nebraska. Oh. Nebraska, seven and a half point favorites over under 51 and a half. Uh, Tommy Armstrong, kind of a, a poor man's uh, Baker Mayfield in terms of, of the hate that, that <laughs> yeah. can be leveled his way. I do not hate Tommy Armstrong, for the record. I, I, I do, for the record. Me and Tommy were The lead great. name. <laughs> Me and Tommy know what's up. Um, anything you guys want to talk about with this one? Westercamp's price, uh, it was a, a bit too much, but you know, with the lack of recent production, he's back under 6,000, which is nice. And Northwestern's defense uh, got 40 dropped on them by Iowa with a banked-up quarterback last week, so, and it's in uh, Lincoln. So maybe, maybe Westercamp is a guy you look at. Um, how about what's uh, Pearsonell's price at? He's forty six hundred. Uh, I just look. I obviously right above the minimum. Major Pearsonell fanboy, but I don't think I'll be going after him until they kind of. I don't think this is the setting for the Nebraska passing game to go off to the extent that both Westercamp and Pearsonell can be safely projected for a good workload. I th- they might kind of do alternating big games the rest of the way. But um, otherwise, in this game, I think one of the best values on the slate, like I'm just it's so low. I had to start looking if he was injured or something and I'm not finding anything. But Justin Jackson, the the Northwestern running back is fifty four hundred and Nebraska's. I mean, obviously, it's on the road. Nebraska's favor. That's not that great for Justin Jackson's, you know, objective projections, but just. In in an, in a subjective way, it's easy to point out that he's way better than that price, and his workload is huge too. So, I love him as a cash game consideration. He's not going to be like the Kanzari bargain from a couple weeks ago, but fifty four hundred for him is really cheap, especially with how much yardage uh, the Nebraska passing game gives up. And you know, it's important to note that Jackson, you know, he hasn't been good in the re- in recent weeks, but he was going against Michigan and Iowa. Those are two like excellent run defenses and his workload was 10 and 12 carries respectively at the, I see that jumping closer to 20 this week for sure. Yeah. Him going into this week reminds me of Martiz Waller of totally weird example, but UNL <laughs> or going against UNLV Fresno state runner Martiz Waller was getting totally shut down in like the first month, but he was great last year. Same is true of Jackson. He was great last year, started this year hot. I think he bounces back. All right. Auburn at Arkansas before we, fall deep deeper into the big 10 abyss uh arkansas five and a half point favorites uh over under 51 here kind of speaks to how uh disappointing this season's been for auburn uh definitely wouldn't have expected to see that line coming into the year on this game (laughs) do you guys see anything here uh, worth taking advantage of uh ricardo lewis at 5600 he he started to really kind of show what he can be last week i think mario called that he would really take over and do well without duke williams trying to 
uh, siphon ca- or uh, siphon targets from him, and you know, nineteen point eight uh, points on FanDuel against Kentucky. I could see him uh, getting a huge target load again against Arkansas. I think Drew Morgan, the Arkansas receiver, is a consideration at fifty seven hundred for GPPs, just because he has been getting targeted a lot. He's been pretty productive since uh, Keon Hatcher got hurt, and the other one, Jared Cornelius, got hurt. I think so. He's he's a consideration. I think. Uh, both Peyton Barber and Alex Collins are worth GPP consideration. Certainly, I probably won't target either in cash games just because I'm worried about this being a plotting game. I think Sean White has not been very impressive as a quarterback. I worry about him kind of just melting down in this one and kind of just the whole offense going down with him. <laughs> but well, uh, Alex Collins, possible. Alex Collins is going to get a ton of work. Auburn's run defense has not been good. They got ripped up by Stanley Boom Williams last week. So uh, Collins would probably be the one I target between him and Barber, even uh, at the 300 more dollars. So Penn State, six and a half point favorites at Finally. Maryland. Uh, which one of you guys, uh, should I give the floor to? Uh, John, you can, you can go. Saquon Barkley is is the champion uh, at yeah. seventy three hundred. This, this is the most exciting part of the podcast for Mario. <laughs> this is what we wanted to do the whole time. Uh, at seventy three hundred, uh, he ran for almost two hundred yards on Ohio State last week. Maryland does not have the same kind of defense as Ohio State. It is way worse. Yeah, you may, you may not opinion. believe me, but uh, it's true. So I could see him just absolutely shredding Maryland. I think James Franklin. Is, uh, is still bitter about last year when Maryland somehow beat Penn State up there and they stiffed him during the pregame handshake. This is going to get <laughs> ugly for Maryland, even if it's in, in Baltimore. Absolutely going with Barkley. And also Chris Godwin, uh, he's kind of emerged as Penn State's top receiver, and he's only 4800 That's That's way too cheap. Yeah, Barkley at 7300 is the obvious best play of the slate, I think. Like Maryland's defense is just bad and Barkley seems matchup proof. He's he's like a program changing player. They have to feed him and I don't think Maryland can do much about it. All right, so the 42 minute mark of the podcast, we've got the the highlight here. We kind of buried the lead, I guess you could say, but that's what <laughs> happens when it's a when it's a Big 10 game. Like I'm not going to lead off the podcast talking about Penn the State Saquon Barkley podcast. Um so Wisconsin, Illinois, do, no. we don't really need to talk about anything here, but just that Corey Clement situation that kind of popped and Josh up last Ferguson week. too. Yeah, Ferguson I guess is very doubtful whereas Clement is supposedly cleared to play or whatever i don't know what to make of that this is week four of his four to six week prognosis following the sports hernia surgery mm-hmm. so whatever i don't know i mean it is a, it is an important game for both teams so i guess they can they might put him out there out of desperation but it's hard to imagine it's the greatest idea um especially since he's his whole season has been wiped out with the injury so far all right, I'm just going to skip over the Duke-Virginia Tech game. That's okay. Uh, Other than Trayvon McMillan. Trayvon Shout out. Awesome. <laughs> Shout out to Trayvon McMillan. All right. Uh, Saturday, the late slate. We're going we're gonna to cover that one this week. You can call it what it the, is. It's, it's the Juju slate. Thank we you. all know that it's the Juju slate. It's we're, always we're gonna, the we're gonna no get to, East Coast games for Juju. It's always the Juju We're going to get to Juju in a second here. Uh, first, probably... You know, maybe one of the more uh, intriguing games to watch, at least uh, as long as it stays close, uh, Western Kentucky at LSU. LSU, 17-point uh, favorites there. 65-and-a-half is the over-under. Do you, are you willing to pay up for Leonard Fournette against a non-SEC team at, at 10,400? Uh, or, I mean, I, I don't really know 
how you could pay those those Western Kentucky prices against LSU. Oh yeah, I, Western Kentucky using any of them uh, in general is a great idea. But this week night Death Valley, I'm no. staying away. Absolutely not. Um, Their then, prices haven't been deflated at all. No. Yeah, which no. is ridiculous. They're, they're typical. They're typical. Dowdy is still Kentucky the most prices, highly yeah. priced quarterback. Yeah. Oh, um, God. So I mean, anything to really see here from a fantasy perspective? I know it's kind of an interesting it's, game. It's, I don't know what to what to make of it exactly for this slate specifically, but every single week I've been surprised at how highly owned Leonard Fournette is. And before that was due to, I mean, I I didn't think the South Carolina game was that great of a matchup for someone so high priced, but uh, it seems like the public is just totally hypnotized well, by like it's, it's like. Uh, that's what kind of pisses me off the most about the whole Corey Coleman lack of hype is like all the Fournette hype should be on Coleman right now. And it's like it, it's just kind of a weird that he's getting denied like his moment to just be the guy that everyone's sort of talking well, about. Because Fournette. Fournette has been this guy since he was right. in high school and now it's yeah. finally coming to fruition and people are people are just going nuts. Right. People love it when the quote number one recruit good, yeah. is good. Like they yeah. just clown yeah. and go yeah. in. Everybody yeah. just front running. Like I mean but really um, anyway them. people right. seem to go after him a lot. So he yeah. I would normally say like ten thousand four hundred for a guy is a GPP consideration, but it's like Man, if, if he's really going to just still be owned he's like forty percent yeah, of the time, he's going to be. Owned. I don't know that it's really worth. I mean, he's going to have a huge game, but some of these other guys are capable of something similar. So I'm not sure that I would pay ten thousand four hundred. I mean, we got to go down the list a yeah. bit more before I settle my opinion on that. But um, it obviously, well, let's, let's start scenario. with uh, Texas A&M at Ole Miss. Ole Miss six point favorite, sixty five and a half. The over under. I think the, the one of the better plays at least by me i know i think mario you were in on this too laquan treadwell last week had a had a huge yep. week uh do you see more of the same i mean this looks like another uh, fairly promising matchup or is that eighty two hundred dollar price tag a little too much i won't be targeting him at that price just because i, f- I feel like it would be not surprising at all if um let's see if uh if the Old Miss passing game struggled against the A&M defense. They've only given up four passing touchdowns on 181 pass attempts. The pass rush is very good. Chad Kelly's looked a bit goofy the past few weeks, or at least two out of the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't think I have that high of hopes for either Kelly at 8,400 or Treadwell at 8,200. I'd much rather just go with Christian Kirk at 7,400 against the Mississippi pass defense that just hasn't really been that great this year. Okay, yeah. Um is that, is that a, all good on that game? Um, all right. Well, the, the Juju game, this is where you probably want to invest some some serious coin. Uh, Utah at USC. USC three-and-a-half-point favorites here, getting that, that standard USC, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, whatever. Benefit from, <laughs> benefit from Vegas there with that line. But, you know, Juju Smith really kind of doing Juju Smith stuff last week and uh, – Kind of got to imagine that he'll he'll do the same this week at eighty four hundred. You know, I, I know Mario Mario, you had him I think as your your number two overall receiver this week. Is that a is that a fair price on him? Uh, sorry, Juju number two overall. I think for your weekly rankings, you might have had him. Oh, was that? Two. Oh man, I, no. Sorry, I got to go check the page now because I, I, I. Okay, so Utah <laughs> Utah is not that great of a matchup. Just briefly, sure. uh, there's there's definitely some dysfunction going on at USC. Even even on just kind of like a player by player level, even absent the drama consideration, they just haven't quite been doing what they should be able to. Uh, I. 
yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's the Juju slate, so I don't want to take the spotlight away Look, from him. But I'd probably you can hate. I'd probably just go down to the seventy four thousand mark again for Christian Kirk because they get similar target volumes, and I think I feel better about Texas A and M scoring points than I do USC. Ooh, Ooh interesting. All right, well. I but guess that's uh, that's one that's one expert that won't be on Juju Smith. So take me down. <laughs> I think G- I think Juju's matchup proof. I think you know he was going yes. against against Notre Dame. That's what they call uh, him matchup yeah. proof Smith. <laughs> uh, yeah, against Notre Dame, he absolutely shredded them. I think he's still going to have a big game. I think USC has a pretty banged up receiving core even still, uh, and I think that could actually make a Dory Jackson kind of an interesting play at six thousand. Uh, if he gets a, a bit of an increased uh, workload on the offensive side of the ball, which I believe he is in practice this week, uh, he could definitely be a guy to look at at 6,000. Yeah, I just looked. I have Juju at second. I, th- I think I might have to have to put, like, Agile and Holly in front of him. Oh, no, but you're, you're anyway, okay. the, 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 okay. the, the pool is a bit thinned this week, apparently. There's some tough well, matchups no, here. Yeah, I mean, Josh Doxson's not playing. Yeah, uh, Doxson's not there. The number 13 guy is a quarterback for Old Dominion who's actually <laughs> just listed at receiver. So. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um Colorado at Oregon State. Anything to talk about here? I know you rolled with uh, Leo Fell last week. He's eighty three hundred this week. I got to move off though because uh, yeah, that price is high. I thought he was like something like sixty five hundred last week or something. But anyway, on the road against Oregon State, they're more vulnerable against the run than the pass. And even if they were vulnerable against the pass, Shea Fields, who is better than Nelson Spruce at this point, is out yes. with the high ankle sprain. So Nelson Spruce, 6,400 is really cheap, though, mm-hmm. uh, especially for a guy who might get, like, 15 targets. So Spruce is for sure a good cash game and tournament target both, I think. But otherwise, I'll probably stay away from it, even away from Seth Collins. The the, the fan club is on a one-week hiatus. <laughs> uh, Florida State, six-and-a-half-point favorites at Georgia Tech over under there. Is uh, 57, Dalvin Cook, the god, 9,900. Would you rather go 9,900 on Cook or 10,400 on Fournette? I would go 9,900 for Ezekiel Elliott, actually, over over those guys. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, With that said, the... Do we do we want to start calling Dalvin Cook something like crutches or something? (laughs) Crutches Cook? He's 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 always... I was on the injury report. So he's always like having in the middle of the game too. It's like there's there's like six tweets a game from beat writers and people panicking on Twitter because like oh he's he's taking himself out of the game again and he's going <laughs> to the trainer's table and then it's like they put him back in uh, just kind of quietly but for a seventy yard touchdown run and then you know yeah, in the like, end zone yeah, they, he pulls up again deploy him for a quick quick super long touchdown and then but take this him is out this exactly <laughs> I actually do like Cook a lot at ninety nine hundred against Georgia Tech Georgia Tech's defense is not very good they they got ripped up by Cook last year Cook's on an entirely different level this year uh, relative to last so mm-hmm. ninety nine hundred I yeah I'm, I don't feel strongly about Elliott or Cook over each other uh, I. I would probably try to pay up for Fournette at 10,400, but if I couldn't, I would not lose sleep over going with the 9,900 pair of uh, Elliott or Cook. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to cool if I skip over the Wyoming game. But... Uh, Spurbeck's a really good target at receiver, 7,700. Uh, Wyoming's been miserable. I don't know 
if Boise needs Jeremy McNichols in this one, he sat out last week with that concussion. But if they do let him play, he will destroy Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And the, the, the thing about McNichols and, and kind of the, just the running backs in the slate is there's just such like a, a massive drop off mm-hmm. after, after you get to McCaffrey, uh, there's almost a $2,000 drop off, uh, to McNichols, uh, which is kind of interesting. It, it kind of changes the way you have to format your lineup a bit. Yeah, there's I mean those those really might be now that Chubb's out, I mean that might be the four best running backs in in college football on this slate. Yeah. Really really quickly for Boise, uh, Brett Rippon had an amazingly bad game last week, but <laughs> yeah, at points. home against Wyoming 6900, I mean he's going to rip them up for however long he plays so i i think he's a pretty interesting at least for a gpp consideration yeah, at 6900 69 so yeah i mean if you're if you're in a two quarterback uh site that might be a, a guy to look at there too i mean i'd take him straight up over leofau probably over kessler too so <clears throat> yeah really really good bargain i think uh Anything you guys want to hit on in the the Kentucky uh, Mississippi State game? Uh, you know, I mean, I guess Dak Prescott ninety two hundred. That might be Dak is always really good. Yeah, and Boom Williams looked really good uh, coming back last week against Auburn. He ripped them up pretty good. I thought. Yeah, he's only sixty five hundred. The Mississippi State defense isn't that great. I, I think it's really easy to expect another good return from Boom Williams there. All right, uh, and now we get to the Ohio State. Rutgers game, Ohio State, 21-point favorites at Rutgers. There's no over-under set for this game as of yet. So, uh, I mean, I think we can go ahead and assume that Ohio State wins pretty convincingly and, and throws yeah. up, you know, I don't know, five, six, seven touchdowns or something. Yeah, I think JT Barrett's going to account for about five eight, of them. Eight and probably two. for JT Barrett, probably. The you guy. have to use him. Like, yeah, I mean, the it's, there, it's not corrected itself enough at, the, <laughs> at that point. So, you know. Eight, eight He's four hundred more dollars than Chris Laviano. <laughs> oh my! I am going to just. I mean, now it. that Barrett, like that's kind of what we wanted this whole time, right? It's just for one of those guys, yes. uh, mm-hmm. to pr- preferably Barrett, I guess, from a fantasy yes. perspective. And that, now it's happening. So I think that that means Michael Thomas probably isn't as good of an option anymore. They seemed as I think that Barrett's a capable passer, but mm-hmm. they they don't seem like they want to. Th- you know, use him in the passing game. He's only thrown six passes in those last two games. Now, He's completed all of them for like a tournament. I mean, like his ownership, you got to assume is going to be pretty ridiculous because it's not only is it like a great play on paper, but it's a well, a highly publicized type of play. Uh, like true. half of the teams are going to have Fournette and Barrett. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, gonna have to go. Um, bargain shopping for a wide receiver, I guess, in this slate. I do have a bargain at receiver, though, because uh, Carew is pretty banged up. He was in a walking boot, I believe, after the Rutgers game last weekend. And uh, this guy, Carlton Agudosi, who filled in at the X receiver uh, while Carew was suspended, he's six foot six. He led them in. Uh, you know, in yards during that span, looked pretty good. Caught like three passes for sixty yards last week in in relief of Carew. At the minimum, forty five hundred. I like Agadosi if if Carew is out. Nice. I mean, you're you're gonna have to assume they're gonna be throwing quite a bit in that game. Uh, <laughs> final game of the slate: Washington at Stanford. No line, no over under on this one. Uh, so, huh? Uh, not balling. quite sure why that is, but uh, huh. there you go. Uh, any anything other than I mean, Christian McCaffrey. We kind of touched on. Uh, as as the fifth most expensive running back on the slate, not really sure where you guys see this game going. I, I mean, Stanford kind of you know really on a bit of a run here lately. Uh, any other players other than McCaffrey worth worth looking at here? 
It's a pretty gross matchup because Washington's <laughs> bad at everything on offense, yeah, and their really quarterback is hurt. They don't know if they're going to be without Jake Browning for uh, instead. Austin, no, not Austin. KJ Carter Samuels. Uh, so if if he's playing, then whatever. They're gonna, it's going to be really really bad for Washington either way. It doesn't matter which one is playing. But uh, even McCaffrey, I mean, ninety four hundred, and he's going against a Washington defense that's been really good and i don't i don't know I'd, yeah that, that's kind of one of those like we were talking about with like seth russell on the earlier slate like if you can find a way like just pay the extra 500 and start you know one of those studs and last week was it was kind of the first time that that mccaffrey stopped or he just kind of killed the vultures basically he finally stored, scored multiple touchdowns in a game which hadn't happened yet and i was worried i was actually about to text you when he ran that kickback 96 yards it's like they're gonna take him out again <laughs> they're, they're gonna do it to him he's just never gonna get a touchdown but yeah he's he's i guess gpp consideration but i yeah i don't see any reason why you shouldn't just find 500 more yeah all right well i think that does it for us uh you can find me on Twitter at RealJRAnderson. Uh, where can they find you on Twitter, John? Uh, at Johnny McKex. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y-M-C-K-E-C-H-S. And Mario? NFL Draft underscore RW. All right. We might have uh, you know, some funky music at the start of uh, Oh, yeah. The that's next, the thing that people show. want second most. Um, <laughs> yeah, people require music. At the beginning of their podcasts, apparently, and uh, it's going to be so fulfilling, you guys. You're going to like gonna the finally, show so much more. <laughs> finally, going to get what you want. Finally, a jingle. Finally, and, uh, a jingle. You know, I, maybe if, if you want to sponsor the podcast, uh, you could hit hit one of us up on Twitter. But you know, I, we I are not like, above payola. I kind of like it this way. I mean, it's it's nice. You know, we just kind of breeze through it's it. Liberating. Hit more games. We can shave with what we want to, <laughs> not what we have to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I, it's, I mean, no shave, November's coming up, so this is, this is probably pretty good timing. Uh, we'll <laughs> talk to you guys next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.